You're listening to Acts of Impact, the show where we focus on positive contribution to the individuals and communities around us. In each episode, we'll hear from both the helpers and the helped, and learn new ways to face today's challenges. On today's show, we interview with Roland from the Heart about their work promoting a more active lifestyle and encouraging positive choices for disadvantaged youth. We'll talk about the inspiration behind Roland from the Heart, how their after-school skate camps teach confidence, teamwork, and resilience for the children that participate, and a few of the success stories that stand out to John from his work. We'll drop in on today's guest right after this. Hello and welcome to Acts of Impact. I'm your host, Nicholas Hill, and we're here with today's guest, John Barry. John is co-founder and executive director for Rolling from the Heart, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to providing disadvantaged youth the opportunity to participate in skateboarding, surfing, camping, and more in an effort to promote a more active lifestyle and encourage positive choices. John, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. It's certainly a pleasure to have you. John, I wanted to maybe start us off by talking a little bit about how Roland from the Heart got started. I think it's a really inspirational story. And I know that Roland from the Heart was inspired by your son, um, Ian Poods Barry, who accidentally passed in 2012. And when you and I spoke last week, John, I know that I was incredibly inspired by Ian's story and, and who he was. I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little about him and also just how Roland from the Heart got started. Sure, sure, we'll do that. So Ian was um, passed in September 27th, 2012, which will be 10 years this year. Uh, Ian was 22 years old at the time and died accidentally from a fall in a bluff here in, in the town we live in in Encinitas. That was the impetus to get uh, Rolling from the Heart started. What brought that on was after Ian passed, there was a tremendous outpouring of kindness and compassion and, um, and also just acknowledgement of Ian's passing. It, it impacted the community greatly. And, and I really mean the community in that when we had um, a memorial service for him, a uh, celebration of life, um, over 600 people showed up. I mean, we had an overflow crowd. People were outside, um, even to the point where there was three of the local news stations there covering it, um, which just shocked myself and my wife, uh, Allison, and my daughter, Kiva, how expansive his reach was and the people he knew and the diversity of people he knew. We had no idea that his reach was so far, I guess, and so deep. Um, you know, there was people in their 50s and there were kids who were 13 and 14 years old who knew Ian, but not just knew Ian, were just deeply, deeply moved by his passing. Um, so I guess it kind of, for all the three of us, myself, my wife, and my daughter, it, it really kind of rocked us in a, in a way that was really moving, but it, it surprised us because Ian was a really extremely shy, quiet kid as he got older. He struggled with um, OCD, like clinical OCD and, and some depression, which made him more introverted, an extremely introverted, introverted and quiet person. So the fact that he 
was impacted so many people kind of really surprised us, but also really moved us. And then, you know, the next week or two weeks, there was just a number of events that sprung up with people in the community who wanted to honor Ian's life from a photo show for two nights where they had photos of Ian, hundreds and hundreds of photos of Ian that they just asked people in the community to bring. Then the week after that, they held a, um, a music event at a, a bar to raise money for Ian's passing, which again, people were doing these events and we didn't even know. There were so many people who, young people and especially who didn't really know how to grieve the, the loss of this, this young person in their lives. And they were doing it in the ways that they thought, you know, best honored his life. But it just took my wife and my daughter and I by surprise that it, it was that impactful to so many people. And, and a lot of the messages that we were getting from people was that when people were around Ian, he made them see things differently. He opened their hearts to be more kind and, and compassionate with people. He made them want to be less confrontational or less aggressive with people. Um, and that was interesting because he hung around with a very diverse crowd. There's something that we can say about Ian is probably he was one of the most accepting people of who you people were um, that we knew. So. That was the impetus that we got the idea. We wanted to somehow continue to share that spirit, those qualities of being um, in our community. So that's where the idea sprang from to start a skateboarding organization because Ian was an avid skateboarder, uh, an avid surfer. Uh, in the last three years of his life, he was building and riding custom Harley. So he was really well known in the Harley community, especially the vintage Harley community. Um, and he loved to be outdoors and camp. He loved to sleep under the stars out in the desert and the mountains. They went on a lot of road trips on their motorcycles. And so um, he was just an outdoor kind of guy. So we decided to synthesize those things to create Rolling from the Heart. I know that when you started Rolling from the Heart, this wasn't something that you did alone. I think you had mentioned to me that, that you had reached out to some of the folks that knew Ian and that they were willing to help. Was, is that right? That's exactly right. And um, uh, Ian was, at the time of he, when he passed, he was working for a company called Brixton. And they're a clothing retailer, kind of in the action sports industry, but more of a lifestyle brand. He was with them for four or five years before he passed, and they had kind of blown up. And uh, he was close with the, there was three young guys who owned the company, three primary guys who owned the company. And after Ian passed, we had, were getting a lot of information from the people at Brixton about how much it impacted their company and the people there. And the guys at Brixton wanted to ask, invited myself and my wife and daughter up to Brixton to meet them, which we hadn't before. And we met them. Um, they gave us a big donation. You know, and at the time, people were giving us money and we didn't know what we were going to do with it. So we just opened a fund and we put it in there. And my wife and I figured we did figure out what we'd do with it later. Um, and I, I dropped the idea of starting this organization and David particularly, who is the chief branding officer there, um, was all in. He said, let's do this. They said, what is it going to take? Um, let us know. And we're all in and help you guys. So Brixton was the key financial backer and supporter uh, of Rolling from the Heart when we got started out of the gate. Let's dive into what Rolling from the Heart does to achieve your mission. And I know that, 
you know, you're all about promoting a more active lifestyle and promoting positive choices in the youth that you work with. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the core ways that you do that? What are some of the ways that Rolling from the Heart interacts with the community and through your programs? So first and foremost, we run after school skate programs. So we deal with schools in, and basically we're just in the greater San Diego area. Um, and we run after school skate programs at these various locations. And what that means is we bring all the equipment. So that's ramps, rails, um, little bumps, uh, you know, so we can create a little mini skate park in whatever area we're doing it in. It's usually a schoolyard. And we bring the helmets, um, skateboards and pads. So we provide all that along with some young skate mentors, both men and women who we started off as volunteers, but now we actually have as employees who help instruct the kids how to skate. And the programs usually run between two hours and three hours. Um, and we run them daily. Uh, before COVID, we were running five days a week um, at like eight different locations. Um, and then COVID kind of scaled things back and we're, we're gearing now, we're, we're starting to get back up again. But that's the primary focus of what we do is the after-school skate programs. And that from that, we do, uh, we've added programming that we feel ties in. So some of those are, we do career development with the older kids. So we take kids to local businesses to give them exposure to what opportunities may be out there for them to, uh, to develop a career. So we've worked with local businesses to bring, you know, 10 to 20, um, mostly middle school to high school age kids to the businesses so they can get an opportunity to see that. Um, we send kids to the YMCA Lake Sequoia Skate Camp every year. Um, we started out sending three or five kids and we worked up to, I think, 10 to 12. We've paired up with a number of different organizations, one being Vans Shoes, who is an amazing organization who's donated shoes to us, new Vans skate shoes. So we distribute shoes to kids who need shoes um, in the areas. We have given some college scholarships away. Uh, we work with a, a school uh, in particular called the Monarch School, and it's a school for kids who are facing homelessness. It's the only one of its kind in the country. Uh, they're K through 12 with about 350 kids. We've been working with them for seven years. We run after-school skate programs there weekly, um, and we've given some scholarships, five scholarships to seniors in high school who are graduating and going on to college. Um, and then we even do a couple times a year, we do a, a program where we um, provide meals for the entire family, where they invite the kids and their families for dinner, and we put those on. Um, so those are, those are some of the things we do. But our core mission, which we try and stay with, is, is the skateboarding. And the reason we do is our first goal is to get kids out and active and leave, living a less sedentary lifestyle. So there's the physical aspect. And then there's the emotional aspect where we try and instill the values of kindness, compassion, how to mitigate stress in their lives, de-escalate conflict, act less aggressively in, in stressful situations. And then just the, the attributes that skateboarding teaches is that you only succeed through failure, that you have to keep working at things if you want to succeed at them that um, accomplishing small things um, incrementally is, is, uh, is a, are the stepping stones to life. So all those kind of little life lessons are also the other part we teach. 
again, instilling always the uh, attributes of kindness, compassion, acceptance, and tolerance. And so we'll do little things where I get slap bracelets made up with those logos made out of like kindness, acceptance, and we'll have, we'll talk with them, but in very real terms about how those things work in their lives and then ask them to put on the bracelet as a reminder, you know, if they want to give it to somebody else. Uh, so we do little things like that. And then throughout the year, we have big events where we do skateboard giveaways. We've given over a thousand skateboards away in the last eight years where we actually give the kids a board and a helmet around the holidays um, or scooters. Um, and then of course we've donated, Vans has I think given us almost 2,500 pair of shoes that we've donated to kids over the years. So those are, those are some of the things we do. There's more, but that's, I think that's enough to tell you about. I would encourage our listeners too to read some of the testimonials on your website. You know, we've heard from the principal at Monarch School is on there and some of the other testimonials that I think are just great. I'm wondering, John, when you think about all of the success that you've seen, you just told us about all of these programs that you've had. And I know that you have over 150 kids in these after school sessions, over a thousand donated skateboards that you mentioned. Within that, I'm wondering, is there a personal story that maybe stands out to you that, that you could tell us about, something that, that you're proud of? One that stands kind of way out above the rest, just because it's a young man who came through our program. His name is Julie. He was at Monarch, so his family faced homelessness for many, many years. Um, and we met him as a teenager. He was in our program for a couple of years, and we sent him to camp, I think two years in a row. Um, and just made a really strong connection with Yuli, but Yuli didn't know if he was going to be able to go on to college. They, he certainly didn't have the resources with his family. Um, and we talked a lot about it, and I just strongly encouraged Yuli that if he got in, we'd find a way, you know, that there's money out there. And Monarch does a great job in helping these kids find resources. So I just really encouraged Yuli to go to school because he had gotten accepted at a few schools, but was thinking, nah, I'm not going to do this. So anyway, he got accepted at Point Loma Nazarene, which is a great school here in San Diego in graphic arts. And he comes from a very artistic family. His sister's uh, actually a kind of a world-renowned artist. Her name is Innocente. There was a documentary done a few years ago, I think about four or five years ago about her. And it won um, the Academy Award for short, doc short documentary. It was about her life as a homeless person and an artist. And the reason I just mentioned that is because Yuli has those same genetic coding that he's an incredible artist also. So I really encouraged Yuli to go to school. He went, he, he would volunteer with us. Yuli has now, he's I think one course away from graduating. He's graduating in, in another month or two uh, from Point Loma Nazarene with a degree in graphic arts. Um, and he has come back to work for us. Um, so we're going from a volunteer position to actually working for us and now working at Monarch um, he's designed skateboards for us. He's designed stickers for us. Um, so to watch Yuli develop from this kind of awkward teen to this confident young man with a college degree who's now out there in the working world. I mean, that's what it's all, it's gone full circle, right? It's 360 degrees and to see him out on the, he was there yesterday, we had a skate program and he's out there holding hands, teaching these young kids to skate. You know, he has a great rapport with them and to see Yuli has also struggled with men some mental health issues. I don't think he'd be remiss in me telling people that. Um, and he's just his confidence level and to see where he's come from is just amazing. You know, and he's just one of the, one of the kids I think that we've had a 
been able to have a really positive impact on his life. And I would imagine that you also see little successes, you know, when it comes to the after school program. What are some of the things that you've seen, maybe some of the positive impacts in the kids that are attending these after school skate workshops? Sure. You know, I mean, I mean, a really simple thing is, you know, we, we're, the kids are out there skating and there's a kid who's kind of awkward. Or, you know, you can tell he's not athletic and he's trying and, you know, maybe one week the kid falls and a couple of kids laugh at him, you know, so and the kid, you know, picks up his skateboard and goes and sits down and is kind of distraught and we're saying, hey, try and he's not going to try again. You know, then finding that the one or two kids or a couple of kids who may have laughed and may fed him and said, you know, that hurts, that's hurtful, you know, when you do that and you and look at this person's really discouraged now, next time just say, hey, nice try or go help him out and to see those things actually happening where you know you see a kid fall and two or three kids run over and instead of laughing and making fun of the kid, they're helping him up and the kid going, oh, I'm not gonna do it and go, no, you can try it again. You know, to see building those little playground life lessons that make a difference, you know, that these kids are developing, you know, what we would call compassion, you know what I mean? That to, to understand that not everybody's at the same level at them and, and instead of discouraging somebody to encourage somebody. So those daily, things where the kids are helping each other out. When I see a kid who's learned how to do a kickflip and he's actually trying to teach another kid to do a kickflip, you know, or to do a, a little nose grind, those are the moments that I go, oh man, those are the moments I live for, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's just, it's, that's, those are the best, you know. And then to see the rapport that happens sometimes between some of our skate mentors and the kids, you know, where they get out, we get out of our vans or however we show up, and we walk out and four or five kids are running up to hug some of the people who work with us because they're so excited to see them for the day. Yeah, I think that's really important. I actually wanted to talk a little bit about the mentors as well, because I know that, again, just, just like we didn't start rolling from the heart alone, also not running it alone, I'd be curious to know if I'm listening to this and want to help what are some of the things that a listener could do either to support Rolling from the Heart directly or just to become more involved maybe in their local areas to, to help with your mission? Um, big picture, I would say, you know, the universal view is, you know, if you don't live here in San Diego or in, in Southern California, you know, there's, uh, there's tons of organizations like us out there, small organizations who are doing, you know, what they can in their community to impact positive change. You know, do a little research and find one and, and find it your thing. You know, if your thing is soccer, there might be an organization that's teaching kids soccer. You know, um, if it's, you know, swimming, there might be an organization that's doing that. If it's working with pets, but there, those opportunities are out there. So, it, you know, if you hear this and, you, you know, you, again, you're not around us and, you know, there's not a way you can help with Rowan from the heart you know, find there's those organizations, like I said, and we're always looking for people to help and to volunteer and to donate. So find that in your organization and do what you can where you can. And if you're here locally, of course, you know, we always need financial assistance. So anything you can do to go on to our website or our Instagram or Facebook, there's a donate button. We always are looking for donations because we're a very small organization with a small budget. And then three, if you are here locally, and you'd like to work with us or volunteer with us, reach out and let me know and I'll, I'll get back with you and you can tell you how you can do that.
Something that I thought was really unique on your website when I go to donate is that you actually show some of the cool specific things that a donation can go towards. Something that I found interesting was that you can donate towards things like skate decks, helmets, you know, full skateboards, snacks for some of these skating sessions. And something that you told me, John, that I thought was really great is you know, you don't have to be a pro skater to work with these kids. And I think you had mentioned, you know, a lot of this is really about building a connection with, mm -hmm. with these kids and helping to mentor them, not necessarily about being the best skater out there. I don't skate. <laughs> and the kids still ask me, they go, hey, why don't you skate? And I go, because I don't know how to skate. And they go, then why are you doing this? You know, like, yeah, it's about showing up. It's about showing up. And I've told like our, our mentors and our volunteers that, and they kind of don't get it until you know, they, they show up eight, 10 times in a row and then they have to miss something happens. They come up and they get out again. They show up the next day and 10 kids run up and go, where were you last week? Why weren't you here last week? You know, or I show up and they go, where's so-and-so these kids, it's that consistency. It's just showing these kids that you, you are interested in their lives, that you care about them, that you're concerned, that you're trying to help and make their lives a little better. I tell people 80% of it is showing up. So, you know, people who volunteer don't have to skate, you know, they can help kids get the helmets on and hold hands and, you know, hand out the snacks and sit with the kids. They don't skate the whole time. They skate for a while and then they sit on the bench and talk or, you know, we find another little activity to do, you know, we try and keep the kids active. So it may not be all skating. We might do some little relay races or we might do some other little game that, you know, that we're just keeping these kids active and involved. It honestly sounds really fun and exactly what I've heard about the skating community and the positive aspects of that community. And I'm sure it's been really inspirational for you to also see your community come together to, uh, to help these kids. I, I've become the face of the organization, but the organization isn't about me and the organization is way bigger than me. There's no way that Roland from the heart could have happened or can continue to happen without the support of the community, of the people we've had. So over the years, the people who have volunteered or worked with us or held events for us and come and gone, some continue, some have moved on and moved away. But it's been all those people who have been willing to give their time, their effort, their money um, that allows Roland from the heart to exist. Uh, it's not this isn't, you know, by any means a one one man show or myself, Allison and Kiva. It's a it's a group effort and it's that community, it's that community spirit that Ian brought together that allows us to keep going. And there's as much in that, like there's as much good vibes that happen in the fundraisers and the events as there is doing things for the kids because you know people feel a sense of giving back. So I just really want to say you know, thank you to everybody who has donated and supported us over the years and continues to support us um, because without that, we wouldn't be here. So thank you. Um, and I, I just want to make that known. It's, it's, it's appreciated and never overlooked. Something that you told me during our last talk, John, that I thought was really great to end with here is uh, you said we make the greatest change when we do the small things. Um, John, I want to just kind of close out today by saying thank you, you know, not only for volunteering your time to talk with us today, 
but also just for everything that the Rolling from the Heart team is doing. I know that you represent an amazing organization that's behind you, and I'm really excited to see the work that you're doing with these youth and keep following and see the impact that you continue to make. So thank you so much for joining us today, John, and, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks, I really appreciate it. Great talking to you. Thanks for having us on. I appreciate what you do also. Today's show was directed and produced by me, with music from Alex Grohl. Special thanks to our guests for their time and insight. If you liked today's episode, please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and consider leaving a review, as it will help us to spread the word about the show. You can view more information about today's episode online at actsofimpact.com. Thank you for listening.